This will be a continuation of this morning's message or a follow-up to that. It's something that is more of a, uh, the first, uh, the, this morning we were dealing with the why, and this, af- this afternoon we're going to start on, uh, give you just kind of a head start on how, okay, how uh, do we give, earnestly uh, take heed? How do we go about this? What is it that we need to be uh, laboring in? Uh, it's interesting, there have been a lot of times in my life over the years that I came to an altar because I knew that I was supposed to do something according to Scripture, and I committed, Lord, I'm going to do that. And then I would walk out of the church, and I'd be like, okay, now, how do I, how do, I do that? Uh, are there instructions in Scripture that help us? And the answer to that is yes, there are. Uh, if we want to be more Christ-like, we need to learn what Christ is like. Um, let's look in Second uh, Peter, uh, chapter number 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. Simon Peter, a servant. By the way, we could stop right there and have a message, couldn't we? Uh, There is a great need today for God's people to have a servant attitude. Uh, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So we... He's speaking here to Christians, and by the way, our faith is precious, isn't it? It certainly is something of great that we cherish greatly. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's a key statement here. According as His divine power hath given unto us some things, uh, a few things, partial things, how many? All things. He giveth us all things. Notice what it says here. That pertaineth unto life and godliness. Could we say this is God giving us all things to enable us to live a life that we're supposed to live for Him? We could call this giving the more earnest heed. Okay? He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge, not just any knowledge, but the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Virtue is a very unique word. What does the word virtue mean? Somebody help me out. What does the word virtue mean? How much? Pure. Okay, pure would be a good word. Some people would call it moral excellence. There are some commentators that put moral excellence in there. Could we, could we call it, the, for, for sake of, of bib, using biblical terms today, could we call this holiness today? Having a right uh, view of righteousness and pursuing after it? Uh, virtue, moral excellence, purity. Uh, for, for, for sake of this for a moment, just so we get an idea. Now, we're going to use the word virtue here, but in defining it, I think it, it lends itself to the idea of holiness in our life. It's a pursuit of, um, uh, I would say, a pursuit of perfection, even though we're not going to attain it. Uh, the idea that we're going to lay aside our old nature and pursue after walking in the Spirit and to not let sin have dominion over us, this all is, is enwrapped in this word virtue. All right? So uh, the idea here being that uh, if He's giving us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, that part of that is a life that is a holy life, a life that is uh, marked by uh, not a, not a uh, 
frivolous or an arrogant righteousness, but a earnest righteousness, trying to please God with our lives. Well, whereby, notice in verse number 4, whereby, because of the fact that He's given us all of these things uh, that pertain unto life and godliness, and He's called us to glory and to virtue, then whereby, based on those things, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Would we call that being Christ-like? Well, surely we would call that being the divine. If we are partakers of the divine nature, that would be being Christ-like. <coughs> Having escaped <coughs> the corruption that is in this world through, through lust, and beside this, giving all, what's the next word here? Diligence. Giving all diligence. We could almost substitute that with giving the more earnest heed. Giving all diligence. We're going to pursue after it, right? This is something that... So, so if we know that we're to uh, give uh, the more earnest heed to our Christian life, then how do we go about it? Well, he gives us a list here of things where we can start, okay? He says, giving all, uh, having all diligence, add to your what? Faith. So we have to have faith plus something in order to be saved, right? No, this is not talking about salvation. Who's he writing to? He's writing to save people. They already have this faith. So he's not speaking here of salvation. He is speaking here about giving our diligence to being perfected to the things that he spoke of in verse number 3. In the area of glory, God's glory, and virtue. So he says this, beside this, uh, giving all diligence, add to your faith, what? Virtue. Now, notice as we go through this list, this is not a list of things that we add to our faith. This is a list of things that are predicated on adding to the thing that was prior to it. So when we have faith, what's the first priority that we should strive for in our Christian life? To add what? Virtue, purity, moral excellence. We can call it holiness if you like, but all of those enrapture itself or entangle itself with the idea of the word virtue. Alright? So we're going to add to our faith virtue. Now it does not say and and give another thing. It says, but then it says, and to your virtue, not to our faith, but to our virtue then, knowledge. This is a good, idea, good, good thought here. Um, that every one of these things is to be done in order. Now, uh, knowledge. Uh, I went to college. I studied chemistry. I studied math. I studied science. Is this the knowledge that we're speaking of here? What kind of knowledge are we talking about here? Verse 2, okay, keeping it in context with the passage. Verse 2 talks about the knowledge of what? God and of Christ Jesus. So we're to add to our faith what? First of all, we're to add to our faith what? In fact, there's only one thing supposedly right now that we add to our faith. We add to our faith virtue. Now, by reason of the fact that we're adding to the things that were added to our faith, we can say they were all added to our faith, but they, they take a progression here, okay? So understand that. Now, to our virtue, we're to add knowledge, but not just any knowledge. We're not just to go to the state college and learn how to be a lawyer or a doctor or a computer programmer. Uh, we are to learn what? The knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where do we get that knowledge? Where do we get it? From the Bible. We get it from the Bible. When we come to the Word of God, we look for God in the Word. So we add to our faith virtue. Now, we're to do this with all diligence. 
We're to add to our faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. Now notice what else he says here. And to knowledge what? What is it? Temperance. What in the world is temperance? What is it? Self-control. Some people could say it that way, self-control. All right, what else? Anybody else have an idea of what temperance is? How much? Discipline, okay. The idea of temperance is the idea of not doing anything in extreme. We don't, we're, not, uh, uh, we're not so overly zealous that we're no earthly good as far as spiritual things, but we're also uh, not to the point where we go deep into sin and just expect the grace of God to take care of things. The idea of temperance is that there's a self-control. There's, a, there's a, a steadiness to us. That whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, there's a steadiness to us. Um, there's a steadfastness to us. You ever been around somebody that just seems like they're a rock through everything? They just don't seem to be phased by a whole lot. Uh, they're, they're strong in their Christian life. They love the Lord. And whether they're on the mountaintop or in the valley, they just seem to be thanking God for His goodness in their life. And there's a temperance to them. This is something that ought to be added to our knowledge. All right, let's take a look here. To our knowledge, we're to add temperance. And to, to by the way, as we know more and more about God and the Lord Jesus Christ, these other things will, will become more apparent to us because they are examples to us through that. So we add to our uh, knowledge, we add temperance. And then to temperance, we add what? Oh, boy, there's a tough one, isn't it? Boy, I need some patience, and I need it now. I, I went through the coronavirus, and a fellow that I know here in town, a uh, Christian guy that uh, goes to another church, he texted me after it was over. He said, uh, now, Greg, what, what lesson did God show you through this? <laughs> I'm not so sure that was the first question I was asking about the coronavirus going through it. What, what lesson did God show you through this? Well, there's an obvious one, patience. Because I was ready to be healed now, and I wanted it over with right now. And, uh, but, you know, patience is one of those things that we really struggle with oftentimes. Uh, to get to a place, and really, when we talk about patience, uh, let me just say it this way. To talk about patience really means that it is a battle between our will and God's will. When God's will reigns supreme, we are content to wait on His timing. When our will reigns supreme, we are anxious for it to happen. George Mueller used to say it this way, he would never come to God in prayer with a petition until he had no will of his own in the matter. That's a difficult place to get to. Knowing the need, but putting it into God's hands and saying, however God chooses to deal with this issue is fine with me. That, my friend, is patience. That's getting to the place where you say, you know what? It could happen now. It could happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now. It's of no concern to me. It's in God's hands at this point. Uh, my dad, I was sharing with somebody just uh, this past week. My dad prayed for a radio station in Florida for, oh, probably 30 years, I would say. And just a few months before he was diagnosed with his terminal cancer, God allowed him to get an FM radio station there at the church to use. And it's still broadcast today. It does great, great programming. And, uh, but I say this to say that my dad prayed for that for 30 years plus. Uh, patience is something that God gives us and allows us to have as part of our life. But it's something that we have to work on. It's something we have to add to our faith. In fact, the Bible says it this way, and Peter says it this way, 
that we're to give all diligence to these things. We're, we're to give the more earnest heed. Let's word it that way for a minute. We're, we're to press for these things. We're to labor for these things. These are things that uh, we need to be adding to our faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, temperance, to temperance, patience. And then to patience, what are we supposed to add? What is it? Godliness, okay? God, somebody said it this way, God-likeness. And that's where we talked a few moments ago. If we're to be Christ-like, what is Christ-like? We're to give diligence to that. We're to pursue after that. We're to press for that. These are not just things that we know and we hide them in the back of our minds. We say, okay, yeah, I'll deal with some of those in my life. I know I'm supposed to have some of that in there. These are things that are to be the priority of the Christian life. These are things that are to be in front of us that we are pursuing after, that we're supposed to say, I'm giving diligence, and not just some diligence, but the Bible says here, I'm giving all diligence to it. This is my focus. I want to have virtue in my life. I want to make sure that I'm always learning more about my God and my Savior. I want to make sure that I am temperate in the things that I do. I want to make and follow the example that Christ gave. I want to make sure that I have uh, patience in my life. Uh, and then the patience to have godliness or the, the, the characteristics of God apparent in my life. These are things I ought to labor for. They ought to give diligence to. I've said this before and I preach it and I do believe this. That you can make the outside clean and the inside be rotten. But you can never have a right heart and the outside be wrong. Just because the heart is right, though, does not mean that we do not have to work and labor in this thing of holiness, this thing of God-likeness or Christ-likeness. These are things that take some discipline in our lives because the old nature is there warring against it, isn't it? Paul said it this way, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. And while the inside can be right and, and the fruit of the Spirit can be evident in our lives, there are still moments and there are still times that the flesh wars with it and overcomes it. And these are times that Peter speaks of and says we need to give all diligence in these areas. We need to make sure we labor, we work for these things. To have godliness and then to godliness we need to add what? What is it? Well, we could use a healthy dose of that, couldn't we, in the day we live? Not just among people, generally speaking, but even among brothers and sisters in Christ. I told somebody this week, our church is very unique. I don't know if you all realize this or not. Uh, it's amazing how many churches I've been in that every Sunday you could cut the tension with a knife. Uh, you walk in the door and you, you know that sister so-and-so is mad at brother so-and-so and he's mad at his cousin because he stubbed his toe against his uh, you know pet mule or something and uh, then, then the preacher decided to paint the church and didn't ask the church what color. And then Susie went out and vacuumed the the uh, uh, the auditorium, and it wasn't her week to do it. And I mean, people just get at odds over the craziest things. We could use a healthy dose of brotherly kindness. I I love our church. I'm thankful that we so far have not had any major big blow-ups or skirmishes in our church. I hope God keeps it that way. I love a spirit like this, don't you? We're to add, we're to labor, we're to do all diligence to add to these things. Brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. By the way, my brother and I, uh, <laughs> we used to work together. We don't work well together. Uh, 
But I will say this. If my brother called me right now and had a need, we would pray and dismiss the service and I'd be on my way to meet his need. And he would do the same thing. I tell you this, brotherly kindness is not the kind of kindness that is in it for what we can gain out of it. But it is a self-sacrificing kindness. We do it even if it costs us because we're trying to be a help to that brother or sister in Christ. We're to give all diligence in this area. These are things that we can give the more earnest heed to. These are things that we can start off the year saying, okay, these are things I want to put and give all my diligence to, all my effort to, all my labor to. Brotherly kindness. And then notice this. To brotherly kindness, we're to add what? Charity. I like the word charity. The Bible, uh, in commentators and, and wordsmiths, in your margins of study Bibles, oftentimes put the word love there. But charity is more than that. Charity goes beyond that. I like to say that charity is love in action. Uh, not just a love for somebody, but a love that causes me to do something about it. A uh, love that causes some action on my part to be a help to them. And um, that's the kind of love that God had for us, wasn't it? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He what? gave. Love in action. He didn't just sit in heaven and love us from a distance. He came down to this earth and He took action on our behalf. We're to add these things to our faith. I've seen a lot of Christians that get saved and they kind of put their life on cruise control and they say, Okay, I'm on my way to heaven. Now I can go about living my life, and uh, I know I'll be in heaven when I die, and that's really all I ever had to do. No, we have a responsibility, don't we? When we get saved, that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning. We're to do all diligence, to give all diligence, to add to our faith. We're to labor in these things. We're to work on these things. Now notice what uh, Peter says about this. In verse number 9, or verse number uh, 8, I'm sorry. For if these things be in you, and what's the next word here? Abound. The word abound, more than is necessary. <laughs> uh, you ever met a Christian that's just doing just enough to get by? You ever met somebody like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I read my Bible sometimes. I, I take my Bible to church. I pray at the dinner table when it's time to eat, just enough to get by. I would call that neglecting, wouldn't you? Just enough to get by. So he says, if these things be in you and not just enough to get by, not just enough to say, okay, yeah, I've got these things in my life. But he says here, if these things be in you and abound, notice what they'll do. They will make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is what? He's what? He's blind and cannot see what? Afar off and cannot and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. This is somebody that goes back. It says, you know what, just like we studied in Sunday school today, it would have been better off if we had just stayed in Egypt. 
been better off if I just stayed in the world. Years ago, there was a fellow that worked for our church on staff, and he uh, came to my dad one day after two or three years of working on church staff. He'd come there right out of Bible college. He told my dad, he said, uh, he said I'm going to resign, and he said, uh, I'm going to take a job over here working, uh, just a regular job uh, with a particular company. And, uh, and I will say this, and, and please don't misunderstand what I'm getting ready to say here by the illustration. If God's will is for you to work for a particular company, then anything you do outside of that is out of God's will. Doesn't matter what God has for you to do in your life, it better be what He has for you to do, and then you pursue it wholeheartedly. I don't care if it's a garbage truck driver. If you were, if that's what God has for you to do, and you do anything other than that, you're out of His will. That being said, this fellow had surrendered to preach. He'd gone to Bible college, got into ministry, realized it was difficult. And his comment to my dad was this, I had it easier in the world. I had it easier in the world. I tell you this, when these things don't abound in us, when these things aren't a part of our life, the Bible says that we will be blind, we cannot see afar off, and we will forget that we've been purged from our old sins. So as we look to the new year, we say, okay, I want to, I want to make sure that <coughs> I am doing, giving all diligence to these things. That I'm pursuing after them. I'm giving the more earnest heed to the Christian life, my Christian walk, my Christian life. This is a good place to start. To give all diligence in these areas. So not only do we know why we're supposed to do all diligence and, and, and to give the more earnest heed, but now we have some things from the Scripture that tells us here's how we can go about doing this. So tomorrow we get up. We say, okay, can I add to my faith some virtue today? Can I, can I make sure that I live a holy life today, a virtuous life today, a pure life today? Can I wake up tomorrow and say, I want to have knowledge, not just any knowledge, I want to have knowledge of God, and I want to have knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wake up tomorrow and say, I want to work and labor at being temperate. I want to be a rock. I want to be steadfast. I want to be the kind of Christian that can weather the storms and come through on the other side having given a testimony of God's goodness through the valley. Patience, brotherly kindness. Oh, what a joy it would be to our hearts as we pursue this year in these areas of our life. So I hope that will be a help to you. Just something to get you started. Uh, this is by no means an exhaustive thing of giving earnest heed. This is just kind of the beginning. These are the first things that Peter say we are supposed to add to our faith, and I hope that will be a help to you. All right, let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word. What a joy it is to our hearts to be instructed by it. Lord, not only to be told what we're to do, why we're to do it, but Lord, you've even gone so far in most cases, in many cases, to teach us how we're to do it. So Father, help us to do it your way. Help us to pursue after these things, to give all diligence to them. And may we honor and glorify you with our lives. Dismiss us now with your blessings. Lord, it's been a sweet day, a good day, to have been in your house, to be among your people and around your word. And we pray that you'd help us as we leave this day to ponder the things that we've heard, 
the things that we have been dealt with in our hearts, to meditate upon them, to give the more earnest heed to them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.